Welcome back to the Alpha Females Invest podcast, two females working in the finance industry searching for alpha. My name's Emily. And my name is Clooney. And together we bring diversified perspectives from the buy and sell side of the finance world. One of the aims of this podcast is to help elevate female voices in the finance industry to promote gender diversity. And we are super excited to be interviewing a female in finance, but also a bit of technology there as well, Gabby Rosenberg from Blossom App. How exciting, Gabby. We're super excited to talk to you today. So just before we do get into the crux of our podcast today, every week, as you guys have worked out, we do like to ask our guests their most embarrassing career moment. So last week I shared mine, but this week, Em, I think it's your turn. So can you share one with us, please? Sure. I definitely have a few up my sleeve, but I'll share one quick one, which is actually mortifying. Um, I was a graduate at the time at a global investment bank. And because I worked quite long hours, I didn't get to see my partner very much. So we used to text pretty much the entire day. Um, My manager had gone home for the night and I was texting my partner and I sent him a message. Hey, babe, how you going? You know, I miss you, love you, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't for about five minutes that I realized that I actually sent it to my manager instead of my partner. (laughs) And I was just so mortified because I was like, firstly, is he going to think I'm hitting on him? Secondly, like, is his wife going to see this? Am I going to get in trouble? And so I quickly, oh my gosh, so sorry, wasn't meant for you. And so we moved on and it was never mentioned (laughs) again, but he's never brought it up to this day. And, you know, I I still keep in contact with him. So luckily it didn't ruin our relationship. Lucky it didn't ruin your career. (laughs) Well, that's exactly right. Hopefully it still doesn't. So as usual, any information discussed in this podcast is not financial advice and all opinions reflect those of the individuals. You should, of course, always read the PDS and talk to a financial advisor who can consider your personal circumstances before you invest in any product. So today, as we mentioned, we've got Gabby, who is the co-founder of Blossom, the new majority female-owned savings app targeting 3% per annum return to help you reach your saving goals. Gabby Rosenberg's experience crosses customer service and supplier management in double-sided marketplaces, both early-stage startups and global leaders. At a company called Dingo, a car repair marketplace, Gabby grew the supplier network from just 70 repairers in Sydney to over 400 repairers nationally. She received a Woman in Collision Industry Award for her efforts. And that's just a start of it. Given her passion for helping others reach financial freedom, Gabby is motivated and ready to level the playing field in the fixed income market and help Australians do more with their savings. She has the mission to leave your savings and the environment better than she found them all and as such will be planting trees in Aussie's bushfire affected regions when you fund your account for the very first time. Gabby is injecting more female energy into the fintech space and we're so excited to have you on the podcast today. So Gabby, as we just heard M's most embarrassing career moment, could we kick it off with yours? I'm sure it's definitely not as embarrassing as M's. I think mine is equally as embarrassing, if not more. (laughs) I used to have to do a lot of travel for work in my previous role at Dingo, and it was a sales role. So I'd go from client to client selling the product, and it's a lot of solo travel as well. And I was getting into the car one time, and I tripped when I got in, but I didn't (laughs) think anything of it. 
And I carried on with my day, seeming that everything was fine. And after about five one-on-one meetings, I was walking past a shop front and got a bit of a glimpse of myself (laughs) in the mirror. And I saw this weird thing on the back of my pants and I was like, what's going on there? And so I turned around to look in the reflection and I actually had ripped the entire back (laughs) of my jeans off and giant, giant rip. I'm not even exaggerating. And I didn't know what to do. So I ran back to the car. I called my sister straight away. I sent her a photo and we honestly (laughs) laughed uncontrollably for 20 minutes. I think I had seen five different vendors that day. No one said anything. And just thinking about it today, it makes me want to die. Wow. That is (laughs) an honesty policy. (laughs) You won that. You won that round. That's a great story. (laughs) Disaster. Absolute disaster. Maybe we should have the um the best most embarrassing career moment in, and we'll rate yeah. everyone. That's pretty. I high think up so. There. I think this is a winner, except for actually Clooney. Yours was pretty bad, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Gabby. That was hilarious. Congratulations on creating Blossom. It is so refreshing to see a young entrepreneurial female start a business and one that has such a great purpose as well. Can you tell us what it is and how you came about starting it? So Blossom is a new savings app that targets a 3% return per annum. And as we know, there are very few options for millennials to do more with their money at the moment. On the one hand, you can leave it in the bank making near zero interest rates. And on the other end of the spectrum, you have a super volatile market due to the global uncertainty caused by the pandemic. So our mission with Blossom is to democratize the fixed income market. And it's something that we see as a middle ground between these two options. So how we've done that is we've created a super easy to use app. And we've tied it around the Blossom Fund, which is actually a fixed income fund. And further to that, we're removing as many restrictions as we possibly can that have now become commonplace within the fixed income market. So there's no minimums. You can get started with $1 if you want to. We have no sign-up transfer and withdrawal fees. And because we're app-based, it's super easy to get started in approximately three minutes. We have a feminine brand and ESG focus. And as you mentioned at the start, we're planting trees in bushfire affected regions when you fund your account for the first time. Wow. I think a lot of those attributes are pretty mission critical. And it's really interesting um, to hear you just talking about, which we'll touch on later, but about, you know, low startup amounts and all that type of stuff, which was what we previously spoke about with one of our prior guests on the fixed income market. So I definitely want to explore that later. But just quickly, obviously here at the Alpha Females, we have a pretty striking name. Can I ask what is behind the name Blossom? My late grandfather's nickname was Blossom. It's something that his mum used to call him. And much like he used to bring the entire family together, Blossom has done the exact same. So it's a huge family effort. Everyone helps where they can. My twin sister is a psychologist, so we have her proofreading emails and helping us with Instagram content. My older sister is a teacher, so she's helping us break down very technical financial concepts and cater to a new demographic of millennials for the first time. So everyone contributes where they can, and I think my grandpa would have been super proud of that. Oh, that's so nice. I love that. A name with meaning and purpose, and and a business with purpose as well. So... 3% was your return goal. So how did you come about determining that as a target? And what factors did you put into coming up with the 3% per annum? 
So the factors, we needed to take into account a whole host of factors in this sense. So we take into account what we think the fund can make in a given year and work backwards to ensure that we're able to pass as much of that off to the customer as we possibly can. We then need to take into account the external fees that we need to pay, how much we think it's going to take to run the business. And that all culminated in comfortably targeting a 3% per annum return. And we have a high degree of confidence that we'll be able to achieve this return, given that we're passing the first 3% on to the customer first. And Gabby, is that after or before fees, that target, when you just mentioned um, that includes costs? So it's 3% targeted returns after fees. And we have a bit of a novel structure in how we pay out our fees. And we pay it out in a waterfall style. So the first 3% per annum available always goes to the customer. Then we pay our 1% in external fees. So 0.5 of that, the next available goes to our liquidity manager and the next 0.5 goes to our responsible entity. And then the rest, so 3% after 1% is kept by Blossom 1 to help us run the business, but also it allows us to build a buffer and it helps us to continue to target those 3% per annum returns in the long term. Yeah, that makes sense. And obviously, if you look at the bank's interest rates at the moment, I mean, you're barely getting anything, if anything, usually for a transaction account, you actually have to pay the bank. So you're getting negative returns. So 3% does seem solid. But there is a lot of discussion in the market about, you know, we're at a very low interest rate cycle. It's likely that at some point in time, the RBA is going to raise rates and interest rates are going to increase up the yield curve. Is your 3% target an absolute? Would you consider moving to, you know, an RBA plus X percent return or is the 3% going to be the long-term fee target? So at this current interest rate, it's 3% target, but because it's floating, if interest rates go up, it doesn't actually affect the values. So it can help to increase the running yield if the RBA rates are increased. Okay, great. That's really interesting. So as I just mentioned, Gabby, we did speak to Brad Dunn from Daintree Capital last week, a lot about fixed income. And basically one of the key things he sort of mentioned was the minimum amount for a direct bond investment can be roughly 200000 which obviously makes it pretty unachievable for the average punter, especially, you know, I know I wouldn't be putting two hundred grand into the <laughs> fixed income market off a whim. So I know you touched on it just before briefly, but can you explain how does Blossom actually break down that barrier to give access? access to everyone. And what is the difference, I guess, between using Blossom and then a fixed income ETF? So Blossom's mission, first and foremost, is to democratize the fixed income market and bring it to a new demographic, which is millennials. And exactly as you said, I don't have $200,000 to drop into a bond portfolio investment either. It's just totally out of our league. And so It is a market that's typically reserved for institutions or high net worth individuals due to these high minimum investments, high fees, long lockup periods. So we want to democratize this space for the everyday millennial and really cater it to everyone, even if they only have $1 as their initial investment to spend. So that's the first thing. And in terms of Blossom versus a fixed income ETF, why we're different is because we have tried to remove these barriers. So no sign-up transfer, withdrawal fees, and also instant access to information through the app. And we're also posting earnings daily. And I guess you might be used to an institution that maybe pays quarterly or monthly. 
So with a fixed income ETF specifically, while the underlying investment is similar, these fixed income ETFs are still listed securities on the stock market where investors are buying and selling units to each other and it's lending itself to the stock market volatility that Blossom isn't subject to as an unlisted managed investment scheme. So we've also further attempted to reduce this volatility by targeting a fixed rate of return at 3% per annum. Further to that, so listed fixed income funds can also trade at a discount or a premium to what they're actually worth. And often they're not fairly valued as what the underlying investments are worth. And then just the last point that I'd add to that is, yes, we're providing access to the Blossom Fund, but we also have the Blossom app. And it's super easy to use. It's a one-stop shop for saving an investment because we have very cool in-app functionality whereby you can set a savings goal. There's add-ons and it just makes the task of saving and investing a little bit more convenient and rewarding than what we're currently used to and what's out there. Yeah, that's great. I actually did download the app and it it was very user-friendly. And you bring up a good point on ETFs versus leaks and trading at a premium discount to NAV. And that's something we definitely want to dive into on on another topic. But you've reached a really important goal. You haven't been in market for that long and you're already at 6 million of funds under management, which I think is pretty cool. And we were wondering, there's obviously some investments that you've made so far. What are some of the companies that are in the portfolio at the moment? So at a very high level, the Blossom Fund invests in cash, NCDs, mortgage-backed securities, semi-government and government bonds, and financial bonds as well. And an example of what we're invested in would be a New South Wales government bond. And further to that, we have very much an ESG focus of the fund. So some of the exclusions include avoiding investments in oil, coal, gas, tobacco, prohibited weapons. And we actually work very closely with our ESG expert, and her name is Dr. Kylie Ann Richards. And she is huge in the research world of ESG as well. So she's a lecturer at the University of Technology, Sydney in green finance, ethical investing, sustainable investing. So using her, we're actually able to couple her real life experience, both domestically and internationally with her academic affiliation and research. So it's just making sure that all investments made in the fund are ethical, purposeful, and we are trying to fulfill the mission to leave your savings in the environment better than we found them. So given those constraints, Gabby, and I guess given the flexibility that Blossom offers to consumers in terms of being able to take their funds in and out at much more fast pace than the average institutional client, how do you ensure you do have enough liquidity in the portfolio for withdrawals and drawdowns? And I guess you mentioned cash before. Is that a high percentage of the portfolio? So cash is about 1%. And how we manage the liquidity and ensuring there's enough in terms of withdrawals and drawdowns. So we keep a percentage of all funds under management for liquidity purposes to make sure we're making withdrawals easy because that's a huge mission of the fund. Um, We also have reserves that we can draw on to help with any liquidity shortfall. And in terms of the investments alone, we are investing in a diversified portfolio of liquid fixed income assets. So it's very different to maybe investing in a property fund where trying to liquidate the assets can take years. So we're trying to make sure that the part of the market that we're investing in is liquid so that we can make withdrawals easy at the end of the day. 
Yeah, that's interesting. And I guess you're talking about, you know, liquid fixed income assets. What is the duration of the average investment that you make? And and where do you see that moving to given that you want to maintain liquidity? So at the moment, we have a very diverse range of Blossom customers, very diverse. And some of the use cases we're seeing is people want to put their entire home deposit into Blossom. And so we have people with account balances between 300,000 to 400,000. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we also have people who have very tiny balances, $1, $5, $10. And so I think it's giving me a lot of joy because we really have opened up this product for everyone. So it doesn't matter who you are, how much you have to start with, Blossom is a product for you. And I think in terms of launching only six weeks ago, we're seeing the average change a little bit every day. But a huge point for me is that fixed income has always been a part of a portfolio for an average institution or a high net worth individual. And it just makes up a well-diversified portfolio. So I hope that with millennials and providing new access to this fixed income market, that their balance might rise and fall with us, but they will always have some exposure to this type of asset class that is fixed income because for the simple reason that it's just traditionally less volatile than your standard equity is. So you mentioned the balance of the fund rising and falling, Gabby. What happens if, and I'm sure it doesn't, but what happens if the portfolio runs at a loss? What sort of procedures does Blossom, I guess, have in place to minimize that kind of outcome? And um, I guess if it's been running for six weeks, you probably haven't seen the liquidity event yet, but do you have the procedures in place to handle that? We have three key risk mitigation strategies, and this makes us confident and helps us know that we will likely be able to continue to target these 3% per annum returns for the long term. So first of all, we have an incredibly expert team. So our fixed income managers have 18 years of fixed income experience with previous experience at the UBS and the RBA managing close to $30 billion under management. So it's huge figures. It's a tried and tested strategy and our fund manager as well received the only highly recommended rating from Zenith for his time at UBS. So it's an incredible feat. Second to that, we have a threshold management agreement. So we have a unique structure of the fund where when the fund makes 3%, that's automatically passed to the customer and anything above that we use to pay out our external fees. And then the rest is stored in a buffer type structure. So we can use that to help with liquidity issues and fund withdrawals. And then lastly, we are investing in a highly diversified liquid element of the fixed income market. And never in Australian history has an investment grade bond gone into default. And the actual average rating of our bond portfolio is A. So that's just for one credit, never going into default. Imagine that times multiple credits. So there are three key risk mitigation strategies, but in terms, and to answer your question more directly, if the portfolio does run at a loss, we have three main options of what we can do. So the first thing that we can do is use point two, so our threshold management agreement and our buffer to help fund some of that loss. Two, we can reduce the return temporarily. And three, we can reduce it more permanently. But then I would go back to point three. And never in Australian history has an investment grade bond gone into default. Our average rating of the bond portfolio is A. So these points just help us feel a little bit more confident that we can target those 3% returns for the long term. So Gabby, given all those positives, 
what's the one reason you wouldn't invest in the fixed income market in your view? Or is there really generally no reason and it does just increase diversification benefits across a portfolio? So I definitely think that it increases diversification and it makes up any healthy portfolio for any high net worth individual or institution. But there's definitely something to be said for age that if generally you have a high risk threshold, which is not something that I have, and you want to go and target far higher yields and you want to take away more risk to increase the upside, then I think that's great. But if you have a lower risk portfolio or lower risk profile, like I do, then it's definitely something that I would look to invest in terms of fixed income. Yeah, it's quite interesting. And and I love how you've kind of made it quite gender friendly as well, because what research shows and what I'm sure you're aware of is that females as a general rule do tend to be less risk seeking. So they, they are a bit more risk averse. So it is the perfect way for, you know, potentially females or, or investors who are less risk averse or more risk averse to actually dip their toe into an investment class that does provide some return, does provide some risk, but it is a lower risk asset class than what a stock market investment would provide. So given that, what are the goals of Blossom? Where do you want to see your funds under management grow to? What's the bigger picture here? So we're six weeks in almost to the day. And at the moment, we're sitting with about 6.7 million in funds under management. So it's been an incredibly exciting start. And I think if we could get to 50 mil in FUM by the end of year one, that that would be a fantastic achievement and I would be thrilled. That's definitely an amazing goal, Gabby. And I will be so excited to see if FUM get to that level. So I guess in terms of that goal, how do you find um, marketing blossom and how are you planning to grow that client base? You know, in your opinion, what is the best and easiest way for people to get information about Blossom? Because it clearly is such a fantastic offering. Thank you. Thank you. So we have a whole host of ways that we want to reach new customers. So all inclusive of paid ads, PR, podcasts, social media, um, using influencers in the, in the finance space. And we're also about to launch a referral program too. Partnerships is a huge avenue for new customer acquisition for us as well. And the best way for people to gain access and information to Blossom is definitely by jumping on our website, which is just blossomapp.com. Great. And ESG is a topic that Clooney and I have actually talked about on every single episode so far. And you mentioned that you do have some exclusions and ESG filters around your investment process. Obviously, the plan to tree initiative for a new client is something that really ties true to values and, and, you know, has an environmental benefit there as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that project where you're planting the trees? Because, you know, that can be a consideration for investors about where exactly these projects are based and how that's going so far. So we're planting trees in Aussie bushfire affected regions for every new funded account. And we're also about to launch our referral program, which I'm super excited for. It will be coming in the next two weeks. And what happens is when you refer friends and family and they fund their account for the first time, you both receive $5, but you have a choice with how you can spend this $5. So one, you can keep it and we'll transfer it straight into your Blossom account. Two, you can plant or instruct us to plant five more trees for you using the $5. And three, you can donate it to the Garvin Institute for Pancreatic Cancer Research Trials. 
And in terms of the tree planting, so one for referrals, two for every new funded account, we've partnered with an organization called One Tree Planted, and they make it very easy. They handle all the planting for us, and all we need to do is just instruct them for where and when we need those planted. Well, I'm definitely going to refer M. Gabby, and um, I might refer my entire family too. So. <laughs> Blossom has already, you know, seen a pretty successful um, growth and, and business story. This is a, not such a much a finance question, but what's the first step to starting a business? You know, where did you begin? How much time did it take? And I guess now in your shoes, what does a typical day look like? The first step to starting a business, in my opinion, is you need an idea and you need people to think that your idea is feasible. It can't just be something that you solely believe in. And so I think the quicker you can get your idea into the hands of users for testing and feedback, the better. And then from there, you can decide whether the idea has real legs without spending all your time and money on something that might not work and might not actually be feasible. So I think that's a really good place to start. With Blossom specifically, it took us about almost a full year from idea to launch, which I think is generally within the ballpark of how long it takes. FinTech, I think, probably a little bit longer. But with COVID and with heaps of time on our hands, I think we got lucky with some of our decision-making and the speed at which we were able to move. But in terms of what my day-to-day looks like, and a big part of why I love my job is because it's very different every day. But a typical day would be wake up, go for a run, have a coffee, start working. And the first thing I always do is check new accounts created overnight, check the fund that's coming from overnight, and then I can move into some of the banking. So we post your earnings daily, so facilitate the posting of that, check the deposits and withdrawals. We're then app-based and app-focused, so I'll move into some product and work with the developers on whatever the new feature release is for the day. Um, So at the moment, we're working really hard on our referral program. So it will be a lot to do with that. And then probably speak to a new partner because we're trying to build up our partnerships, see if there's any synergies, take them through Blossom, come to some sort of agreement, and then continue to work on other projects. So for example, a big project now is writing content from our website. So an investor can come onto the Blossom website and they have all the information they need on Blossom's ESG, Blossom's security, what's included in the fund, what's excluded from the fund, and how Blossom works in general. Yeah, that's great. And I guess um, Clooney and I are testing our business idea right now with Alpha Females Invest, so we can definitely relate to some of that. We finish every episode with asking our guests a final question, and that's the top career tip. So we would be very grateful if you could share what your top career tip is for our listeners. With my career and decision-making, my rule of thumb is that if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. (laughs) So all these questions that run through your mind, do I stay in my job? Do I take a new job? Do I go out on my own? You just have to ask yourself the question, is it a hell yes? And if it's not, then it's a no. Well, I think it's a hell yes to listening to this podcast, Em. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Thank you so much, Gabby, for coming on today. I've really enjoyed the topic of the conversation and I just think it's so fantastic to see that there is a product out there that is investable to the average punter or the young financier. Um, So it's just fantastic. I wish Blossom the best of luck going forward and hopefully we can have you on the podcast when you reach 50 million fun. 
Thank you for having me, guys. I would love to be able to keep you updated on our journey. And maybe to the listeners, stay tuned for June 2022. Awesome. Thanks, Gabby. Have a great day. Thanks, Gabby. Thanks, guys. You too.